Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, weekday mornings at 6am on London DAB Digital Radio and on demand via the Bloomberg Business app and BloombergRadio.com. Joining us now is Deanne Julius, who's a distinguished fellow at Chatham House and one of the founding members of the Bank of England's Monetary Policy Committee. Thank you so much for joining us, Deanne. Give us your perspective then on the the, the growth figures we've had out this morning. How would you characterise the UK economy as we head into the winter? Well, good morning. I, I think uh, I'd characterise it as saying the trajectory is that we're still slowing, uh, from, and that's been a, true a couple of months. But indeed, the the fall uh, in September was a little bit higher than people had expected. A little bit lo- uh, when I say a higher fall, a lower GDP. Uh, so, looking at that headline figure that that you've just mentioned, the minus zero point two percent. For the for the quarter for the Q3 quarter, I think it it is important that the Office of National Statistics said be a little bit careful with this because September figures were depressed by the closure that we had the the holiday so called for the uh, state funeral for Queen Elizabeth II, and that meant that people were uh, not working, but also they were not out partying as as we normally do during holidays. Uh, September was also a tricky month for us because we had the disaster of the mini budget, which uh, spooked people in the markets and not only in the markets, but everybody with pensions. That was a hit to confidence. So I think we we did have a particularly difficult September, but it is the case that the economy is is still slowing, perhaps not as much as the Bank of England expects, but uh, nonetheless, that's the trajectory. Well, I, I'm wondering about that Bank of England forecast because we're talking about, you know, a, a long recession being forecast by the bank, of course, before we get next week's fiscal statement from the Chancellor. What's what's your reading on, on kind of how the next, you know, couple of months plays out where, you know, the, the prospect of a recession looming large? Uh, where do you see the direction going from here? I think it depends a lot on what happens to the inflation numbers and therefore how much further tightening we have by the Bank of England. Uh, it's too soon to tell whether we are really in recession. You know, by the, the, the broad definition of two negative quarters, we've now had one. question is what happens next quarter. Uh, and I think that it's clear confidence is certainly improving uh, from the, the shock of the mini budget. We now have a stable government. As you say, we have the fiscal event coming up next week. I think that will probably not be good news. It, it will be increased taxes and just and, and constrained expenditure. But on the other hand, it will be the kind of anchor that uh, the economy and the and the markets need to look ahead, not just for a quarter or two, but actually over a five-year period. And I think most people expect it will be a substantial autumn statement. 
Uh, Rishi Sunak, now prime minister, sat in the chancellor's chair for uh, a number of years. He knows what it's like uh, adding up the numbers. I think it will be um, it'll be reassuring in that sense. Mm. But having said that, uh, you know, inflation is still a problem. Headline inflation, 10.1 percent. It's a little lower than the EU, the Eurozone inflation number, but it, it's um, it's pretty significant. It's a long way from the target of 2%. Yeah. And it's yeah. not just energy and food. You no, know, it's uh, it is a case that core inflation is still 6.5%. So we're seeing a lot of indirect effects of inflation really permeating the economy, and that okay. makes it harder to bring it down. With those, with those, the inflation figures that we're dealing with then, uh, Deanne, so above 10%, uh, 6.5% if you look at the, the core figures, we have base rates, what, at 3% now. So I understand your point about a lot depends on where those inflation figures go. But with base rates at 3%, can you see the Bank of England having the time and space to hike by two, three percentage points this cycle, or does it end sooner than that? I think I mean, it'll more, be quite, on top of what they've already done, of course. <laughs> right. I I think I would see inflation or see interest rates, short term rates peak somewhere between five and six percent, frankly. Now the Bank of England is saying they don't think they'll have to go that high, um, but it does depend very much on whether inflation is getting embedded into the economy beyond just the, the food and energy prices. So I think the uh, we really had a mixed message from the bank uh, from their inflation forecasts, which indeed showed inflation as still increasing, that it hadn't reached its peak yet. But then in the press conference afterwards, there was uh, a surprising amount of focus on the alternative projection, which somewhat unbelievably showed that uh, the forecast if no, if there were no further increase in rates, that is, if they, if the bank rate stayed at three percent uh, over a two-year, slightly more, slightly longer period, inflation would sort of magically return uh, back to target. Mm. Uh, I think that's probably not something uh, that that many of us would rely upon. Okay, that's interesting. So wh- why do you think there is this disconnect between what the Bank of England presented there with this possibility of not, I mean, the suggestion seems to be from the inclusion of that data that maybe not many more rate hikes will be needed to bring inflation back to target. Why is there that disconnect between what the Bank of England is is pushing for there and the way the BOE is pushing down on rate expectations and what you're talking about, which does seem to fit with market pricing a little bit more, an expectation of many more hikes to come? Why is there that disconnect? Well, it's purely my speculation. I suspect they were trying to nudge the markets uh, over the yield curve down a bit in order to protect mortgage lending here. You know, we don't have 30-year mortgages like you do in the United States. And so it was quite a a shock to to a lot of people when interest rates went up even to 3%. And then, of course, the mortgages are not priced on short-term rates, but on on medium-term rates, and those are those are hitting you know five and six percent for the mortgage by the time you add the, the the credit spread. So that I know that U.S. rates for mortgages are even higher, but um, the perspective of households here is that if their mortgage rate goes from um, where it's been sort of two percent up to something like five or six percent. That is a very significant hit to, to household budgets and, and therefore to consumption. So I think maybe the the Bank of England was trying to, to um, give a message to the markets not to overreact 
to what's happening to interest rates at the short end and inflation right now. I'm interested in just following up on this this idea of, of rates peaking at five to six percent. If we're if we're looking at rates at three percent now and, and mortgage rates for people at around six percent, how high do mortgage rates go if they peak uh, at the level that you're talking about? Well, I don't think mortgage rates themselves would go beyond seven, maybe eight percent, although that would be pretty extreme. Uh, extreme for for anybody uh, you know younger than about forty. Uh, some of us uh, have faced mortgage interest rates of 15%. Um, that was quite a few years ago and quite a different situation. Uh, so I think it, it is a risk for, for the, certainly for the housing market. We're seeing the beginnings of, uh, of falls in house prices. Uh, they had been extremely high, so a fall is not necessarily a bad thing, but it does mean it puts a squeeze on, on uh, household uh, balance sheets which themselves are pretty strong, but uh, you know they too could start to, to look weak. If you were on the MPC now, what would you be voting for? I think I'd be voting for a gradual increase, but continual increase in interest rates as we watch the inflation figures very carefully. I, I don't think I would have voted for any more than the 75 basis point increase that they put in place at the last meeting. Uh, but that was really necessary as... As uh, your audience knows, 75 basis points is kind of the standard unit these days that central banks tend to, to move with. I, mm. I suspect uh, it'll depend a bit on uh, on what the Fed does, uh, although the Bank of England says that it, it takes into account international um, comparators but doesn't put a lot of uh, weight on them. I think that's probably not so true, having had a hit to sterling when we had the mini-budget problem. Yeah. If, if the Fed moves at, uh, at 50 basis points at its next meeting, which I think is the main uh, expectation, I would suspect the Bank of England will do the same and maybe follow a bit in the slipstream, although it won't be presented that way. Deanne, if we if we did see mortgage rates go to 7 8%, how would you characterise the recession that the UK economy would then be in? We were talking to our colleague from Bloomberg Economics earlier who was suggesting this might look like the 90s with quite a shallow recession. But if mortgage rates go that high, would it be shallow or would it be fairly deep? I think there would be a fiscal reaction if interest rates went that high uh, and perhaps a reaction also on the part of bank regulators uh, even in the last recession, in, in the uh, back to the global financial crisis, banks were encouraged to show forbearance, as it's called. That mm -hmm. is, if a mortgage holder said, actually, we're going to have a lot of difficulty paying for that higher mortgage when we have to refinance our two-year fix, uh, that, that banks should give households a little more time. And from a fiscal policy side, the government would stop in and would step in and support that kind of forbearance on the part of banks. So I, d I think it would, if interest rates do, if mortgage rates do indeed uh, stick at somewhere above five, six percent, then there will be a reaction on the part of other policymakers to to uh, dampen the effect that that would have on on a certain percentage of households. You have to remember, it's only uh, about half of of household owners in this country who have a mortgage. <laughs> Uh, and of that, uh, a substantial proportion have a two to three year fix on it. So we're not talking about uh, a huge number of, of um, mortgage holders who would be hit by a rapid increase in mortgage rates. 
Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, weekday mornings at 6am on London DAB Digital Radio and on demand via the Bloomberg Business app and BloombergRadio.com. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.